Yeah, hmm. I've had peanut butter, like almost peanut butter chocolate flavored beer. So like, I, it's definitely possible to intertwine those flavors. I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. That's all. Yeah. Well, good. I'm well, glad sad. you're not opposed to it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm not opposed to any, any method of drinking. So I'll, I'll do that. Well, Especially if it involves <laughs> Fireball. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's been a while. Good. Goodness ooh, I, I heard of a, a cinnamon whiskey that's not Fireball that is. A, Supposedly, like fucking amazing. I forget what it's called. Better, but oh, well, it better. It's called Fire. I don't think Fireballs is that great to begin with. Fireballs. <laughs> it's not that great. Yeah, but, it's just sugary. Well, really it's good sugary. If you want to be a too uh, much. absolute yeah. garbage human being and try yeah. to fight people. Yeah, it's great for that. Um, I can I can attest to those situations arising in my in my life. And if you agree. want to experience an adult hangover, try Fireball. <laughs> yes. Do you want to hate your life the next day? Fireball. Next day, next whole week. My <laughs> God. Do you want to just hate your life in general? Fireball. Uh, all right. Well, I do have a fun little trivia question, as I always do. Um, so my my trivia question does relate to the film that we just watched for this episode so i hope that you guys didn't go and and, uh, do too much research on the film there was one actor that was supposed to be in this film and they even went as far as shooting scenes with this actor but ultimately he was cut out of the film not in it whatsoever i want you guys to guess which actor that is so multiple choice john krasinski we have okay yeah i need the multiple choice i have no idea it could be any actor we have chris cooper Stanley Tucci, John Malkovich, 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 and James Gandolfini. So we have Chris Cooper, Stanley Tucci, John Malkovich, James Gandolfini. John, who do you think? Are you are you allowed to tell us what role he would have played? I don't know. I just know that you don't even shot know like, scenes with this actor. He... he was supposed to be in the film. He was cut out. So my guess is that he was um, Theodore's boss in some way because it's all older actors. Um, cause we, all we saw at his place of work was Chris Pratt being kind of a douche and also kind of, a, kind of a nice guy. He's handsome. He was never a douche. Eh, well, there were times where it was like, okay, like, can you just back off? Um, I'm, I know my answer. I'm going to go Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci. Okay. The Tucci man. I, 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 I gotta go Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. Hmm. Okay. He just has that subdued type of very melancholy presence to him. It's probably Chris Cooper, because who cares about Chris Cooper? Why would Spencer just think of Chris Cooper as in a multiple choice? That's so random. And I feel <laughs> like it's D, because I forgot who D was. Is he? Okay, what? Yeah. I can picture Chris Cooper. He has kind of like a wrinkly face and like longer hair. <laughs> Medium length hair. Ducky stumps once again, because it is Chris Cooper. They, they Damn it. I don't even know who Chris Cooper is. So he is. I couldn't name a single Chris oh, Cooper man. movie, but I know what he looks like. <laughs> is he, <laughs> he in like The Patriot? Mm. Is he? He does kind of look like an earthworm. Is yeah, he one of the that. like? <laughs> Chris Cooper. Oh god! Now I have to look it up. Fuck. Once, no, I know once you see like. his face, you're like, "Oh, I've seen him in so many movies." He's an adaptation, so it's another film with Spike Jones. He was in American Beauty. He was the guy across the street that shot Kevin yeah. Spacey. Okay, um, he was in The Patriot. Yeah. Yep. He was in Live this, by right, Night. I hope this is the. Um, I hope this is the guy I'm thinking of because he's taking over my entire brain right now. He's like one of those actors yeah, that yes. I recognize from a ton of shit. I just never knew his name. Yeah. Kind of like he the looks, guy in. Uh, at the beginning of the Dark Knight, who gets the smoke grenade put in his mouth? I don't know what his name is, but he's in a. Shit I ton almost of used that actor in the multiple oh. choice. William, William like, Fickner? That's his name. Yes, because he's yeah, an he's Armageddon an and Olympus has fallen and a ton of shit. Right. Um, Chris Cooper. Never seen adapt adaptation. Never seen it, but I like the poster. It's intriguing. Well, it's a film directed by Spike Jones. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was in Cars Three. I've seen that, but yeah. I don't know. He I plays Smokey. I don't know which which vehicle that was, but he was. Oh, he was in eleven twenty two sixty three. That's the most recent thing. He was the guy who owned the bar or owned the yeah. uh, the diner. And I was in a yep. movie with Chris Cooper. Lit by okay, night. Spencer. Let's <laughs> Wasn't in any scenes with him. He was. <laughs> he was in the movie later. Um, okay. Well, I think I uh, play the neighborhood. He's in that movie as well. Okay, I'm glad that you guys looked up his IMDb. Uh, but yeah, no, they, yes. they shot scenes with Chris Cooper. Uh, originally, this movie was 150 minutes. It was a long-ass Ugh. movie. And Spike Jones was like, I need help 
trimming this up, he reached out to his fellow filmmaker friend, uh, Steven Soderbergh, and he came back with a 90-minute cut, and then that was too short. And so he's like, okay, I'm in the middle ground, two hours and six minutes, and that's ultimately what her became. It was a, uh, Okay, a Steve, settle yourself. That's just an example of being so close to your film that you know it's too long, but you're just you're not willing to part with certain scenes. It's like the opposite of Zack Snyder. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, to... or what's his name Richard Linklater or hey. anybody who has overly long films the before trilogy are all around 90 minutes Scorsese, one of them maybe 100 minutes Nolan Jesus Scorsese all their movies shit, yeah. are at least 245 or more has to be like I think I Silence don't know. was 245 because Alice doesn't live here anymore it was only like an hour and 45 nowadays. and that was Scorsese nowadays yeah Oh, now, yeah, Irishman, fucking... Wolf of Wall Street was three hours. Uh, I'm hearing that Nope is is going to be close to 2.30. <laughs> That's that fine. I'm okay I, with. I'll, I'll yeah, sit in the theater for four They're hours just making watching whatever Jordan Peele does. Now, I though. love the trailer for that movie. Like, it freaks me out in the theater when it introduces everything, and then it, the music cuts out and the credits just start going down. It freaks me out. It's, it's cool. just like it's so good. It's, cool. it's just perfect for the tone that he's trying to set. Anything with aliens, man. Oh my god, I'm in. Aliens yep. and old Hollywood for me. That's when it's like, yeah, yep. that's a cool combination, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, this week we're back to my selection, and I picked the film Her because it's a film that we all saw within the last Who? ten years, and it's one that I remember really liking. I don't remember really loving it, but I remember really liking it. So I wanted to revisit it, and I knew that, John, this was like one of your favorite movies of 2013, and Nate, when you first watched it, you gave it the perfect 5 out of 5. So and I know you've only seen it once, so I wanted to see what this rewatch would do with our opinions and where our discussion will go. So that's why I picked her. 2013 was, again, if you listen to our previous podcast, Prisoners, um, which released on Thursday, April 28th, if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend listening to that one. But 2013 was an incredible year for movies. Prisoners came out. You know, we had Captain Phillips. We had The Spectacular Now. We had Her. We had 12 Years a Slave. We had Wall Street. Gravity, Wolf of Wall Street. Um, I mean, Escape from Tomorrow was an interesting film. Um, there, there were a lot of incredible, all is lost, like Philomena. God, like I could keep going. 2013 was a hell of a year for movies. And I do remember this topping the list for me in that year. I think at the time when we made like our top 10 films of, of 2013 video, this was number one. So I was very excited to hop into this one once again and, and experience Joaquin Phoenix falling in love with an operating system. I just remembered it being a very unique and interesting romance film, kind of like in the same vein of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or even like Punch Drunk Love, just something very strange and different than what we're used to seeing, especially in this genre. Um, Yikes. I'm excited for his sequel called Him. I wish. It's been 10 years. It's been almost 10 years since this movie came out. He hasn't done anything. Could you imagine... Could you imagine Scarlett Johansson playing a character and having the OS be Joaquin Phoenix? No, no, please don't. Please don't do that. Or Sam Um, Elliott. Yes. Sam Elliott's the OS. That would be the most incredible film I've ever seen in my life. Wake up, bitch. Go get a Firestone tire. Time to get up. Um, yeah, her probably if I had watched it in 2013, it probably would have been my favorite of the year. And Spencer kind of described it perfectly. It it takes I assume it takes place in the US, but for some reason it feels otherworldly, almost like it's taking place in a near distant future. But like you see landscapes of the city and whatnot, so I'm like, oh, okay, it's still relatively modern. But there's that distance that I feel from like that world compared to ours, and you can just see like the differences in technology and whatnot. But this movie is a romance lover's wet dream. Like that's all I can really say. Like if you like a good love story, this is one that you should have seen by now, and if not. 
you should because it's amazing. Also, if you're just I view a this cinephile in general too, mm-hmm. because it's Spike Jones who has been nominated a handful of times. He finally won the Oscar for this movie for original screenplay. But uh, if you haven't heard of her, it did like we said, it came out, it came out in 2013. It is written and directed by Spike Jones, and he did be in John Malkovich. We have we have an episode on that uh, where the wild things are, and we have Malkovich, an episode Malkovich, on that as well. And then adaptation, which we don't have an episode on, but maybe one day. Um, Ooh. I think Nate mm-hmm. does own it. So I one do. day, maybe we'll have all of Spike Jones films <laughs> talked about on our podcast feed. But uh, this is just the other one, her. But has Joaquin Phoenix, Amy Adams, Rooney Mara, Chris Pratt, and Scarlett Johansson in a voice-only role. The plot, it's in the near future. A lonely writer develops an unlikely relationship with an operating system designed to meet his every need. As an 8.0 on IMDb, 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, 4.1 on Letterboxd, and it was nominated for, I think, like five Oscars, including the win for original screenplay. So it was pretty beloved by a lot of people when this came out. Uh, and it was, like John said, it was on a lot of favorite uh, lists of that year, including our own. So it's been since then since yeah. we watched it. So, her, how was this rewatch? Oh, man. I, re- I remember the first time I saw this, I was in New York City. I believe it was a, like a Friday night showing packed theater to the point where it was right in Times Square. I went to the AMC in Times Square. The tickets were like $18 a piece for a regular just kind of like stadium seating situation. I went with my mom and uh, it was so packed that she had to sit in front of me. She We couldn't even sit next to each other. That's how packed this theater was. Because it was before and- it came out in wide release. I remember that. Oh, was it? Yeah, because okay. you guys were down in New York on a trip and this movie was getting rave reviews and it was only playing in New York and LA for the first like two weeks. And then it got a wide release. Okay. I think that January, cause it was probably like December. Um, that mu- I think, cause I remember going down there in the wintertime, obviously cause yeah. this was, it, it got released at the end of the year and like, you're right. Like it was New York, LA. That's why I was able to see it. Um, and God, man, I just remember being absolutely floored by this movie because you, that you just, I hadn't seen anything like it. You know, and I, I love movies that kind of revolve around, a love story and also you know something with all these like futuristic elements for me it almost felt like it's either a dream or it's happening in like an alternative universe because it's like you see the run-of-the-mill love story and for some reason i'm i'm latched on to most of those um whether they're good or not but this one just has a whole different kind of vibe to it where it's almost like we're not ready for it because we're not to that level of technology yet it's like we almost can't understand what joaquin phoenix is is going through but then this movie has so many just like incredible life lessons to teach as well where you're just like <sighs> i almost felt like a, like i was becoming a poet watching this movie and i don't know if i i don't know if i mentioned that last night but in my letterbox review that's exactly what i said because it's just so well written and that's it's a testament to spike jones and why he won the oscar for best screenplay here it's this movie just has so many original ideas and things that I hope will be implemented in the next few years. Like I think Joaquin Phoenix's character has, I'm going to call him Theodore just because I think Theodore is a cool name. Um, He works as a, like a card note writer, but he does it orally and audibly. And that's just so cool. And the fact that he's like learning about these people over the years and he's developed these relationships. So he's able to make their communication a lot richer and filled with more love. And he's just not, he's not a tortured soul, but he's just a lonely, just the loneliest person in the world it seems because he doesn't do well with dates he doesn't have a whole lot of friends you you find out partway through and this is probably why i like the movie is that there's a divorce so like i i love all movies family drama exactly that's there but it's the performances and being able to relate to these characters in some sort of way just made it such an easy movie to watch uh, because Scarlett Johansson's voice is just, I could listen to her all day. It's just got like a natural soft raspiness to it. That's just kind of pleasant. Um, too. Yeah, exactly. I, Except when she gets mad and then it's like, what? It's like, Oh God. Yeah, okay. When did I, that, I, I felt everything she said as if she was an actual human. And I remember mm-hmm. at the time that people were saying like, 
you know, is she a dark horse or best actress? Like, no. She I remember that be. being a, a discussion topic. But like, yeah. it was yeah, it was a hundred percent a thing, and I can totally understand why, especially after a rewatch. Her voice acting is just unbelievable, and also it's a testament to Joaquin Phoenix because he's acting technically to nothing in every scene. Well, no, he, you know, and another, I'm, I'm sure on set, yeah, on set there was that, an actress that named wasn't Samantha the case, Morton, but... and she did all of the readings of Samantha on set with Joaquin. Okay. Uh, off camera and then they were going to use her voice in the movie but when they got to editing spike jones realized that oh something was missing we need we need a different voice really i didn't realize that uh a recognizable voice but it's also really interesting the parallels too because um we all have an episode uh out on lost in translation and that was written and directed by sofia coppola and that was loosely based on her relationship with spike jones um Mm-hmm. Giovanni Ribisi mm-hmm. kind of plays Spike Jones in the in the film, like a, a loose version of him, and they use Scarlett Johansson in that movie as like kind of like their their superpower. And then her, like ten years later, Spike Jones is making a movie about being lonely after a divorce, and then he uses Scarlett Johansson, and they both win the Oscar for best original screenplay. So it's just kind of funny wow. the parallels between those two, like their relationship past and how they both made a movie essentially about relationships with Scarlett Johansson, and were able to win an Oscar for it. Uh, it's kind of a, an interesting parallel with this movie and Lost in Translation, but her, yeah, like it's I've only seen it twice, and it's been since like 2014 when it came out, and I bought the Blu-ray right after. I think I watched it, and I haven't seen it since. So it's been a, it's been a minute, and I remembered Joaquin Phoenix giving a fantastic performance, and I I would have guessed that he was nominated, but nobody out of the acting ensemble was nominated it was all just kind of uh, technical elements it, to the film it was again one of those years where there were yeah. i remember tom hanks didn't get nominated and like, there were snubs, a lot of snubs because sure. there was a lot of really great performances this year it's phoenix it could have easily year. been nominated like oh, yeah. just he he conv- the way he conveyed sadness and made it feel so natural right it was yeah. like oh crap it feels it felt like he was legit going through something and just happened to be filming a movie at the same time. So it he, it, it blurs the lines. He always gives very naturalistic and genuine performances, no matter what character he's playing. I mean, even if he's playing the villain in Gladiator, you want to rip his head off <laughs> because of how evil he is. Yeah, the Nate's doing the thumb down thing. Yeah, and even yeah. <laughs> when uh, he plays... Yeah. Uh, Johnny Cash in Walk the Line, when he's Joker in Joker, I mean, even the master. I mean, everything that he does, he brings this, this like, I'm going to go there, like a Daniel Day-Lewis element <laughs> to every character. That's the perfect way to say it. I mean, like, he does. I mean, he's like, maybe he's not he's as a good, but he's actor. fucking fantastic he's, as an actor uh, in everything that he's in. So, and this is he's a phenomenal character actor. He's one of those guys where you don't see Joaquin Phoenix. You know, in like in this movie, he, it's just him with glasses and curly hair. But you don't see Joaquin Phoenix because I think of Joaquin Phoenix in real life, and he's kind of this dude who's like disheveled, and he's very much in like <laughs> he's just always going through some shit. If you see him in an interview, it's yeah. like he hates dude, what the fuck is going yeah. on with this guy? He does not like. Yeah, 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 it's because yeah. he's he got doesn't... that antisocial like anxiety disorder. Like I've, I, I yeah, feel no. like I can relate to that because <laughs> yeah. if I was getting interviewed on live TV, I'd be like. Oh shit! There is a lot of people out there, yeah. <laughs> especially after the Joker, dude. Like that movie must have taken a toll on him well, yeah. too. Just like playing a character like that over and shit. over again too. I mean, that must have like it, when he won his Oscar, he had to go backstage and give like some interview, and he was asked about like, oh, what was it like to like dive into the mental illness of this character? And he was just like, stopped. He's like. I've answered this like a thousand times over the last three months. Like, just go look at it. I know. Like, just like, I just seriously. Can, can I not have to answer? I get that it, again? man. Yeah, it was great. They just, <laughs> just leave me alone. Um, Let me hold my Oscar. But here, I mean, yeah, Theodore is just a like <laughs> he's a teddy bear. Like you just you just want to jump through the screen and give him like a bear hug <laughs> throughout the whole movie because like, you just feel bad for him. He just desperately seeks companionship. Because, I mean, he long, long lost for what he had with his ex-wife. And it just so happens that this operating system, this charming, charismatic Scarlett Johansson operating system comes into his life and he falls in love with it. And it's it's strange as an audience member, but 10 years later, it's even more relevant today. I mean, with all the metaverse That's what coming I noticed, out dude. and like uh, yeah, the virtual reality exactly. and everything, just like... 
the extremeness of like, yeah, you literally can probably just have a, a, a relationship online just with whether it's a bot or just a metaverse yeah. avatar. Who knows? But yeah, maybe people can find this, some, this movie them. is it felt more timeless than I expected because seeing this in 2013, it almost felt like it was like the, the distant future. But now it feels like very much the near future. But it's also really grounded, especially when it comes to his backstory and all the flashbacks of Rooney Mara. And, like, especially on a rewatch, I felt that more on a personal level than I ever had. Um, just just because of my own life. It's like, God, just seeing how he's, like, what, what was the, what's the line where it's, like, life is a story that you, your past is a story that you tell yourself or something like that? Mm-hmm. A past like, is a story shit. that you tell yourself, yeah. God, the older you get, the more you're going to realize that that is the that is the unfortunate truth where you're just you're sitting there and he literally has these flashbacks of these like moments in, in his life and it's like god man like that that just hits you so so hard and also his thought of like god it's just like it's just writing a name on a piece of paper for her it's not like that for me i fucking i fucking felt that too it's it's a deep film that is really going to make you think if you've ever experienced anything similar in your life yeah, the line that gets me is when he go like it comes after what you said about to her it's just signing a paper and they're like what's it like and it's like there's no better feeling than sharing a life with somebody cuz you have that someone to like hold on to and when you lose it and that someone's like a pivotal pivotal person in your life I can understand his feeling loneliness and then when you do it one time and you're married and then the divorce it's like it can be scary just getting out there again i'm sure because your trust and knowing what can happen is affecting what could happen and it's a it's a mental game and it's just it's all too relatable i almost felt like i was just like falling in love with scarlett johansson too because it's like unreal how just like kind her voice is and it's just so strange how deep you get into this movie from every moment that they have together you know and it gets crazy like it gets weird there's some weird moments in this movie do not get me wrong like my mom sitting in front of me was better than her sitting next to me the first viewing i will say that with absolute fact um (laughs) yeah there was a couple of moments that i completely (laughs) forgot about and uh I had one of those moments where, like, I, I usually, when I watch a movie, like, I, I put on my surround sound, or my sound bar, I should say, and I have it kind of, you know, at a good volume, because I want to be immersed, and when they had that chat room scene with Sexy Kitten 69, oh I couldn't find my <laughs> remote, <laughs> like, my neighbors are going to think I'm watching something, but I'm just watching her, and it just was so loud, and I was like, oh my god, this is just excessive quick quick grab funny. the dead cat grab yeah. the dead cat the tail the tail is it's around your neck so uh, do you know, okay good night do you know uh <laughs> whose voice that is oh wasn't it uh oh no i have no idea I thought jamie lee curtis movie, snl alum amy fuller Ooh, you're close but think like a couple years later Kristen Wiig? Yeah, Kristen Wiig. <laughs> yeah. Really? She has an Oscar nomination? That's the part that turned me off. Oscar nomination Oscar for nomination. original screenplay for Bridesmaids. Okay, well, for uh, God, come yeah. on. That's yeah. that's not where my mind goes <laughs> when you say Oscar nomination. <laughs> yeah, I might have to watch this again just to be like, wait, what? So, yeah. And then hear it and be like, oh, God. <laughs> so Kristen Wiig was Sexy Kitten 69 and woman number two, like the woman right before her when he was uh, cycling through chat rooms. That was Bill Hader's voice. As a uh, chap, oh my god! A, a, yeah, and you can a, tell it yeah, definitely sounds it like a, a, deep a man. Voice, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's Those funny. scenes are so funny because it it truly does put you in that that world where like this is what people do. They throw in their little earpiece and he goes through his little chat rooms and they have these little introductions to these people that he can talk with. It's just so yeah, it's so strange, but it it 
it doesn't seem that far from reality. And also, I mean, the, the video game that he's playing, I mean, that's essentially like oh. Metaverse on a projector. I mean, he's just doing little like things mm-hmm. with his fingers to make the alien run. And that's actually <laughs> Spike Jones as the alien who's like, fuck you, you fucking shithead fuckers. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and then when he's like, hey, fuck you, so he's like, ha yeah. oh, all running. Come on, pussy. Come on, you pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson's like, it's testing you. It's testing you. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. All right, come this way. <laughs> I guess I remember the theater like erupting yeah. when that character like came up on the screen. Well, like, Spike Jones is a, is a nut to begin with. I mean, he's he's produced uh, all of the Jackass movies and he's been on set during all of those. Um, but he's also so happy, and he's also the grandmother in Jackass Two, who like goes on those uh, skits. That's Spike Jones. Um, but he fuck? liked he liked that character <laughs> okay. of the alien so much that apparently in post production, like that's how he would talk to his editor sometimes. What if he talked? What if you were on set of her and he talked to you like that, and you out of context had no idea like how he was in person? Like, Give me a coffee, you fucking asshole, piece of shit, loser. It's like, oh my god, is this Brian Singer? Um, I'd probably laugh. Ooh, I'd be wow. like, I'd be like, oh, of course. <laughs> I hope mm, he's not going to. I heard me. Michael Dotry or Dotry, not the sinner, but. The director who did that's Chris Daughtry. Okay, yeah. So Michael Daughtry, <laughs> the singer. Uh, he did like I Krampus. was not thinking he of did, him. Uh, he did Trick or Treat, Trick or Treat, and Godzilla, yeah. King of the Monsters. He's only done like three movies, but I heard that he was just like that, just high pitched voice and a whiny little bitch. But um, <laughs> anyways, well, there goes our chances of getting a job. But, um, what I, what oh. I liked most, or what I remembered about this movie is. Yeah, it's set in like a, the near future, and Nate mentioned like the the city skylines and how that kind of seemed futuristic. And it's because it's meant to take place in the U.S., but they shot it in Shanghai, and so that, really that's why it gives it that like kind of like futuristic feel because of those skyscra- uh, skyscrapers are so interesting. Um, and uh, then they just like CGI'd with the like, U.S. stuff, but it's also got the same cinematographer that went on to become Christopher Nolan cinematographer of Tenet, like uh, Hoyt Van something. It's a, it's a Danish name. Um, but ah. he did Ad Astra, he did Tenet, he did um, a bunch of other uh, great-looking movies. He's one of the best-working cinematographers today. But just the uses of color in this movie, like everything has like a shade of red or like yellow or something. Like it's very warm and inviting and... And just it, and his it's outfit this, like, choices, yeah, like his outfit choices are, are very amazing. strange. But it's like it got, it's got <laughs> this like comforting feel to it, as he's just kind of like walking around with the very beautiful, melancholic score from Arcade Fire. Uh, it's just everything works so well together. I gotta read, I gotta read you this this quote that I wrote. I wrote a couple quotes during the film because what you just said reminded me of like how this movie made me feel. Sure. Where I I wrote, the scope of this story is magnificent. It truly feels like a dream stitched together effortlessly, a fresh blanket of snow or a glassy lake without any rifts. That's how I felt watching this movie. Because it's just like, it's just so like seamless and you flow through this story like none other. Like with the cinematography and the cityscapes and just like the story has its riffs but in terms of like visual aspects it's just it's absolutely fucking beautiful the colors yeah the colors it's just so bright and soft it it feels yeah. like i could just put on a warm like i cover myself with a warm blanket and the hot chocolate and just watch her yeah god i'm such a girl well, even the uh the restaurant <laughs> it's called her yeah, so we're allowed fine. to feel that way it's, it's okay it's a spike jones love story that's what we're talking about this week um yeah i'll take it but it's not armageddon calm down we even don't like the heart when Willis right now even when they go uh on that date it's walking <laughs> phoenix and olivia wilde who i completely forgot was oh. in this movie that was a surprise when She's her amazing. character came in to play mm-hmm. <laughs> this far when he's like he puts it on like the the video game board and like the little alien ah she's fat <laughs> just like, no she's not <laughs> she was amazing like what what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> anyways um but where they went to dinner that restaurant the the set it's like this like mm-hmm. t- it's like a weird tunnel with like mirror walls or something i don't it's got like some shiny weird walls and it just you could tell that it's like very like it's in the future, but it's so simplistic and just the production design and, and everything else. Like they never really address it. It just, it's there to exist and for you to kind of like observe, which I thought was kind of cool. 
I think Amy Adams is like an unsung amazing performance in this movie for like how little she really was in it as just this kind of quirky friend of Theodore and the way she conveys emotion with her eyes like he walks up to her into the elevator and even you know that something's wrong just from like the way she's acting then you kind of find out her friendship with her OS and you start to it starts to progress how like this technology could really advance in some really drastic ways, but just great performances all around the board. And, the best part about uh, her character is how much the movie the movie is alluding to what's developing between them throughout the entire runtime. Because like the very last shot is her like she puts his head on his shoulder. And it's like, okay, it, it makes you feel like, okay, everything's going to be okay. Like, mm-hmm. after everything that's happened, it's like, okay, this is kind of what I wanted anyway, so I'm I'm going to be okay. <laughs> uh, as long as these characters are, are you know, are able like, to come together. Like, when he goes down to her apartment, just knocks on the door, and it just cuts, and he's just on, they're on the couch. And it's just yeah. like, you, you know that they're going to be, like, friends till the end kind of thing. Yeah. She just opens up the door. They don't even have to say a word. Just like, yep, come in. If they were friends, I'm also fine with that. If they're if they were more than that, even better. You know, yeah. And, and whatever whatever happened with them, because I because there was that scene where I think Samantha asked him, and she's like, you know, because she's jealous and yeah. she's jealous of him, and she's like, you know, did anything happen? He's like, no, you know, just it, we we kind of dated for a minute, and then it just seemed weird, blah blah blah, and like he he he. Like Theodore's character is is he has a way of like hiding certain things from even Samantha, even though she's really good at getting it out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of those things where it's like you can tell he's not telling the truth, you know? Yeah, <laughs> just like when someone calls you and you're in the middle of a conversation, you just go, "Oh, uh, yep, yeah." It's like, come on, <laughs> that's a red flag she was, right there. Was something so cool about her character is how she's able to kind of just like. Like, get through the weeds and figure out the truth of any situation. Because usually, if you were an actor, you you could tell by body language. Or you could tell by eyes. But she's an OS. So she's going off of what she's learning from him. So, and she's just, her character is just so quirky and fun. When, oh, uh, I chose Samantha. Yeah, I read a book on 180,000 best baby names. And that was the one I liked. You thought of that in the yeah. second it took? <laughs> Actually, two one hundredths like, yeah. of a second. <laughs> I also <laughs> was like, what? I did really appreciate Spike Jones's sense of humor with this movie as well and, and with the script because uh, like the scene when he first gets the operating device and the only question he's asked is, what is your relationship like with your mother? And he's like, oh, well, I mean, it's mm-hmm. I mean, uh, thank you. <laughs> operating he's like going on and on about it. <laughs> like, he's like, well, I didn't even answer. <laughs> like, it just... That was the only, and then uh, Amy Adams as well. When she's like, "Oh yeah, like I can show you some of my project," and then it's just a woman sleeping. <laughs> she's like, uh, "Yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 an art project on how we spend like a third of our lives to sleep." And the husband's like, "She's gonna fucking do something." <laughs> like, what the fuck? Dude, that scene. That's how, how is this not a documentary? <laughs> with how the freaking husband reacted, it's like people who try to come up with, "Why don't yeah, you do this?" And I'm like, when they don't actually. They don't actually realize what they're asking. Oh my god, that makes me mad, dude. Hey, can you just widen this shot out a bit? Okay, so I have to re-import all the fucking photos and re-edit them, re-export them, all this other shit. That actually made me fucking mad when he suggested these other ideas. To her can you get another lead actor, please? Yeah, can you just redo um, fucking everything? Tomorrow's our last day. Oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few yeah. issues with the oh, script. This movie. <laughs> throw the whole thing in the trash <laughs> literally you might as well start over fucking flames yeah um, what was you guys's favorite scene like if you don't mind me asking a question my favorite scene is probably when he takes her to the beach he's like because they kind of had this little argument almost mm-hmm. and then he's like you know what let me just take you on an adventure or something like that which is pretty i mean from our generation pretty cliche like every girl wants to she's like oh my god i love going on adventures oh my god but he brings her on an adventure for an os that hasn't experienced the world and he has her in his little pocket and he's running Mm -hmm. around and he's always just and every scene where they're like going to do something is almost dreamlike because he he 
instantly just like breaks out of his shell as this as this Theodore character where he's just like showing her the world and stuff and then the shot of him like walking on the beach mm-hmm. like there's a million people there and it's just him and it's like the scope of that shot is just like so beautiful and dreamlike and it almost seems weird that this dude with his tucked in shirt and his khakis is walking on the beach by himself but then she plays him this like beautiful song that she writes within seconds of the moment that she's experiencing it's like it's so <laughs> just a, it's it's fucking beautiful it's like because you're able to feel what she's feeling through fucking song because she's an os that can do this it's Mm -hmm. it there's so much to that scene that is just beautiful yeah that was it was one of my favorite scenes uh especially when she brought theodore or he brought her on the date but she was like close your eyes let me like guide you around and brings him to like the the pizza place uh that scene was just was great yeah in the beach right after um yeah. But the uh, the last scene is probably one of my favorites uh, on the rooftop with Amy Adams. Just mm-hmm. after everything that's happened, all like the whole movie, and they go to that rooftop and no words are even uttered. Just amazing shots, great score, just no dialogue, but just that like one gesture of Amy Adams putting her head on Joaquin. Uh, that was just great. That was just a perfect way to, to end the film, I thought. So that was probably one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I liked... And this was probably the saddest, but uh, my favorite was when they have their final conversation leading up to Spencer's part. It was them saying goodbye and her kind of explaining the whole situation, but knowing that like this version of me is yours kind of thing. And just going down to see Amy Adams and they just have that connection where she just goes, did Samantha leave too? And yeah. it's just yeah. the way it, you're because you're with this character the whole movie and then they're gone. It's basically killing off a main character. And when you get that, it's like kind of sucks the air out of it a little bit. And the main character needs that shoulder to cry on. And in this case, it's the other way around. But kind of the same. They both needed each other. They were both alone. I don't think they even needed to be together if that was, like, continued on. I like the friendship where they can just pop in. One's, like, a game developer. She's developing how to be the perfect mom. And I thought that was kind of cool, just the stupid Mm -hmm. little games they were playing. But, yeah, this whole movie is just kind of a visual wet dream. Just beautiful to look at. Could have brought a tear to my eye, but it didn't. Yeah, as this movie does have you on the edge of tears for a long time, but I did not cry. Um, it takes it takes a lot. The last movie I cried at was Coco. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Coco, the very end of Coco. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's. Uh, I've seen Coco. Remember me. It's like happy cries, though. It's not like it's not like oh my god, it's so sad. It's 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 happy. Technically, it's, it's like a mixture of both. I love Coco because when Remember Me won Best Original Song, everyone thought it was going to be, um, was it from The Greatest Showman? Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, so it's probably is This Is Me. Yeah. This yes. Is me. Everyone yeah. thought it was going to be go. that and Remember Let Me won. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd seen the, I don't think I saw Coco at the time. Um, me so either. I was probably like, what the fuck? Because Greatest Showman was like my fa- favorite movie of the year. But It is absolutely yeah. insane to me, though, that the score for this movie, which is Oscar-nominated, uh, it's by the band Arcade Fire, which is a great band. Um, this is their first time composing for a movie. The score finally became available on Spotify and Apple Music last year, in the year 2021. That's when the album of oh, what the hell? Out. I know. Eight years I, later, I remember it finally <laughs> dropping to being like, "Holy shit, this is a big deal!" I maybe even like sent it to one of you guys, but uh, and then yeah, once it came out, it ended up being in my 2021 Spotify Wrapped at the end of the year, where it's like your top five artists or scores of albums, whatever. This was in in there because I, I've listened to the entire soundtrack multiple times since it came out, and it's just it's so so good. It's very melancholic, but it also has that like. It's not depressing, in a sense. It's actually kind of uplifting. It's pretty uplifting, yeah, upbeat, but it, kind of. With a melancholic yeah. uh, feel. So uh, I just really enjoy the music, and it definitely deserved being Oscar-nominated for original score. And I think the Moon Song was also 
original that song. song. Oh my god! It plays during the credits. That song, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. no, it's not during the credits. Well, it plays it's... during the credits. I, I know it plays at one point in the film. But it's when they're at the cabin in the winter. Yeah, Scarlett just together? starts singing it yeah. off the top of her head, oh, and I gotcha. totally forgot the the relevance of the song in the film. But it's it's just another one of those moments where it's like, wow, this is just perfect. Yeah perfect representation of everything that's going on everything that's led up to that everything they're feeling it's it's so good <laughs> it really is well yep. Nate since you watched this movie for the first time I think it was like 2017 maybe 2018 um, something like you that you gave it a yeah. perfect 5 out of 5 so on this yes. rewatch your final thoughts in a grade does her make a 5 out of 5 again I've sat and twiddled my thumbs thinking about it. I can visualize that. I can't find any something one. I didn't like. I can't really think of anything just because everything was so unique and clever and just the world that he builds in some of the shots. There was one where it encapsulated the whole theme of the movie really well because it was him talking to Samantha but the camera was at like head level so you could only see like their shoulders and up of all the people around and then just open sky above them and it was just like that's who they're talking to they're essentially talking up to like nothing and it just showed like the sky having this endless possibility of who these people what their lives are and just kind of how everything is random i up uh, uh, yeah yeah 5 out of 5 oh. Okay. Five out of five. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was. Like, what's I going was. On here? I was just making sure that like the fax machine was working in my head, and I was spitting it out. But uh, yeah, five out of five. It's just the score is beautiful. Joaquin Phoenix and Joker is amazing. I love this performance just because it's very subtle. It's not necessarily like an over the top character that he has to play. Yeah, no, five out of five. It's definitely deserved. I would love. For this movie to get maybe like a Criterion release or something big like that, um, because being John Malkovich is on there, why not give Malkovich, her a little 4K transfer and give it a cool box or something like that? I'd like to see that because this movie definitely deserves it. Yeah, I mean, I I was in love with this movie, with this movie for the first time I saw it. I mean, in 2013, it was my favorite movie of the year, and like I alternated between that and the spe- spectacular now, but. As of last night, watching this movie again, I think it's just, it's hit me even harder over the years, just in terms of personal experience, and then going back and reminiscing on the storyline, it's just, it it does mean so much to me, just just these characters, what they go through, the the lessons that this is trying to teach, it's it's just a very poetic, dreamlike film that, that makes you feel things that maybe you don't want to feel, but it forces you to feel them, and it's... It's just so incredibly good. If you haven't seen her, I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing, amazing movie. Um, and it, it's a futuristic film that still feels very futuristic. You know, even even at a time where we do have devices like these, we don't have a sentient, um, operating system in the sense of Scarlett Johansson. But God, I hope we do. That's well, <laughs> maybe I don't want that, but. Um, in this universe, it is just so fascinating to watch these characters just evolve and fall in love. And it's just, it's, it's great. It's one of my favorite genres mixed together with another one of my favorite genres. So, um, this is a five out of five for me that there's no question. It's, it's a phenomenal movie all around. (sighs) Make a fucking decision, Spencer. Don't disappoint, Spencer. Yeah, if you don't give a 5 out of 5, then, I mean, we might as well delete this whole episode. This is one of those movies that is just instant 5 out of 5. Ooh, Next. yeah. Fantastic. Uh, just everything works. Yeah. With the nominated production design, the the winning screenplay, the directing, the performances, the score. Everything about this movie just works on all levels, and it's... It goes at a pace that really works too because it's over two hours. It's two hours and like six minutes. And it feels, I don't look like an hour and 40 minute movie. And it's a romance film. Usually when a romance film is two plus hours, you're like, ooh, what are we doing here? But uh, this one, no, it stayed true to its its story the whole time. And I love the futuristic look. I love the whole outlook to 
like an operating device and even like yeah like almost 10 years later it's even more relevant today so it's kind of funny to pick up on all that uh, different types of stuff and yeah this is just one of the best more unique romance films that are out there if you haven't seen it i know it was on netflix but i I saw that it was taken off recently so that's unfortunate but it's worth buying and like nate said this absolutely deserves to be on criterion at some point because yeah we have being john malkovich that's on criterion um and this movie isn't even released in 4k and the special features it doesn't even have a commentary track i would love to know more like what was going through spike jones's head during the making of this movie because there are some behind the scenes stuff uh there is a short film by Lance Bain who was the second unit director of photography he kind of directed a couple of uh uh like short documentaries of the making of I don't know if you guys had the blu-ray or were able to check those out or not um no um, I watched it on Netflix I also watched it on Netflix oh interesting it was it taken off today I think it was taken off today dude because I checked I watched today it and yesterday it evening. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I what? watched. I checked it today. I was going to rewatch yeah. uh, a couple of the scenes as wow. I was doing the notes, and it just wasn't there. I was like, "What the fuck?" I swear, I saw it on the top really? ten. Really? Yeah. It, Exorcist that's three did that too. Timing. Like it was on for like a day, and Nate watched it on Netflix, and then we had to watch it on like Crackle or something. I don't know, but Crackle, um, <laughs> Crackle. <laughs> there are a couple yeah. of uh, making ofs. Like the uh, they had one called the Untitled Rick Howard Project because. During pre-production, that's what he had listed. Or when he sent out the screenplay to different studios, it was called the Untitled Rick Howard Project. Uh, and I guess hmm. it just made the rounds like crazy. And Spike said that he would drive up to the studio and the security guard would stop him. And he would say, oh, I'm with Rick Howard. And the security guard would go, oh my God, you're with Rick Howard? Okay, go ahead. Like It became that well known in like the studio uh, word of mouth because the script was so good. There it is. When I was on, when I looked at it on Netflix, it the poster was Amy Adams and her boyfriend. Really? Yes. Yeah. No. It's so on I don't. Here. I know. Okay. So I'm connected to a VPN. That's why. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wait. Then. Let me check. Go. I kind of want to check Exorcist Three though. Yeah. What's gone? That's weird. Dude. Um. Hmm. But there was uh It was kind of like yeah. It was like 15 minutes, and it was uh Spike Jones kind of on set with the uh, all the different cue cards um or like those uh, uh index cards of the different scenes, and him just kind of coming up with how to shoot the film with the cinematographer. Um. There's another little short documentary of uh, him interviewing other people about what does love like mean to you, and people kind of reflecting on that. So you can get some some good stuff out of here but like Nate said I mean this deserves a criterion treatment on 4k with just commentary tracks and everything so hopefully that comes one day fat box slip cover uh give God, it I like two extra discs if, Dude, he's, um, he's only done like five movies like he did adaptation where the wild things are her and uh being John Malkovich he, and the rest is just like documentaries and music videos and commercials. Why doesn't he do something else? So he hasn't done anything since her. Uh, no, he it's hasn't made nine another years. movie since her. I mean, he he produced Jackass Forever, um, and he did he did a really go fuck yourself. Really cool, like do something else. Cool he, well, he's just that viral. he's that kind of direct. Like Stanley Kubrick was like that. He couldn't make something unless he fell in love with it, or it was his idea. And you could tell. So it's like you could tell him behind the scenes. I mean, he was. This was just very consuming him. Yeah, and it was very personal to him. But like, yeah, directing credits. He's directed a hundred and seven things. I mean, whether it's stand up. Spencer, would you say this shows? is uh, cathartic? Cathartic. Would you say this is cathartic for Spike Jones? For him to make this movie, I would. Yeah. Call making movies. So. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. he's done a lot of music videos for Arcade Fire, so that makes sense on why they composed the score. Uh, he did music videos for Bjork. <laughs> Bjork. Uh, Weezer. Who? Beastie Boys. Bjork was in um, Northman. He must was really like music, too. If, if he's spending time, if he's spending all this time directing music videos, this must be a big passion of his as it well. It looks like he's did yeah. all of the Weezer videos, music videos and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, he... He loves directing and he's very creative. I mean, he did the whole opening scene in Jackass Forever with like the dick dinosaur. He directed that entire sequence. Mm-hmm. It was three million dollars to produce that one scene. 
Are you fucking and he directed me? it. So I mean, that is the last thing that he's directed is that Jackass Forever opening scene with the penis and puppetry. That's more money than I'll ever make in my lifetime. And he made he that was the budget for that scene in that movie. Yeah. And it was like a three four minute opening credit sequence. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, man. man. So hope, right, well, hopefully he comes out with another movie at some point before he like officially retires. It's it's been too long because he is very creative just with all of his projects that he's done, um, and it, it makes sense. I mean, if he's if he won't make something unless he's very passionate about it, then yeah, wait till wait till it comes along. But this movie's great. Next week, we end our current cycle of films because we are back to Nate's collection. He is watch, or I'll just have you introduce. What film are we watching for you next week? We're watching a little 1955 uh, black and white. What? No, I'm just saying, look, I'm not not complaining about this, but I just think it's funny because I would complain so much because I usually wouldn't know going into your, like, your pitch on what we're watching. So I'd be like, oh, fucking here we go. But here, I, like, I I'm hate you with excited. like Gone with the Wind and then something <laughs> from Japan or yeah, something. Like, Are you fuck, like, I have to sit through this. Oh, exactly. God, but, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. But, but no, this one, this one's just, uh, like one of my favorite criterions that I own. It's uh, Night of the Hunter, 1955 black and white classic. Cool, uh, baby kind of off-kilter horror boogeyman type movie. Um, And I'll have a lot to say about that because I think my version of it has like a two-hour documentary making of the movie. And the movie's only like 93 minutes. So, wow, yeah, I'm excited to see like all the sets and stuff like that because the way this movie's shot looks really good. All right. Yeah. Looking forward so to it. So tune in. Yeah, tune in. Tune yeah, in. movie thong. Thank you. Yeah, it's literally yeah. your profile this is for you. Of, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, literally for you. So yeah. and, uh, much appreciated. After that, so uh, that episode will uh, announce what will be for the next poll. So we have a new poll coming up. So feel free to suggest films on uh, what movies you'd like us to talk about because, you know, there's a good chance that one of us own it. We uh, We own a lot of movies between all of us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. good chance. Good chance. But I already I, have one in mind. I might have a little challenge for all of us, uh, if not on uh, what we have to pick. But we'll get into that another time. Um, all right, I'm interested. Yeah. I'm yeah. looking forward to making another uh, another head to head here on my my collection. It should be a good time. But you can follow us at those movie dudes on Instagram and Twitter, and search at those movie dudes just uh, wherever you get your podcast. I'm sure we're on those platforms. So just let us know if we're not on Anchor or you know. Uh, what's that Stitcher? Isn't that the the, the Android <laughs> podcast? Are we still on Stitcher? Yeah, Stitcher for Android. We, I don't know. Let us yeah. know. Amazon. Where Probably. do you get your If you podcast? listen on Stitcher, Pandora. Fuck you. Yeah, seriously. Get an iPhone. <laughs> if you li- if you're listening on Stitcher, we'll talk a little slower for you. <laughs> so you have to go with the two. <laughs> <That's> so mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You better do it at twice speed if you're on Stitcher because like, what the fuck is wrong with yeah. you? New episodes oh, of Collector's Corner every Thursday. So thank you for listening and doodles. Let's get There's a lot of ducks in the summertime. A lot no, of ducks. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Yep.